to Freshly Forever, a podcast that gives you fascinating insights week after week. Here's your host, Vai Kumar. Hey folks, welcome to podcast Freshly Forever. Today I'm here with Brandon Shantane. Brandon is a student at Ridgewood High School in New Jersey and is the sports and wellness columnist for his high school paper. Most importantly, Brandon is the founder of Mind Design Sports, an organization that is very much involved in helping athletes with the mental side, aside from whatever they go through as part of the physical side in their sports. Brandon has always been physically active and loves sports, playing basketball and running track for many years. He is also very interested in psychology and its applications in everyday life, particularly cognitive and social psychology. In his spare time, Brandon enjoys playing basketball, traveling and finding ways to promote health and wellness to kids and teens throughout the world. It's my absolute joy inviting Brandon here on the show and getting this chance to talk to him. Hey, Brandon, how are you? Hey, Vi, I'm doing well, and thanks for having me on. Oh, my pleasure. And just to get started here, Brandon, as I said in the introduction here to my listeners, you seem to have played basketball and run track for some years. When did you start playing sports, and have you always been a multi-sport athlete? Yeah, like you said, um, I'm really a big basketball guy, but I think I started playing sports around like first or second grade, like really young. Um, in my town, like sports is really like big and a lot of our like teams, like the high school teams, and we have a lot of clubs and like organizations that are just sports, sports, sports. So I was kind of surrounded in that environment. And yeah, I just wanted to try a bunch of sports, like I tried soccer, baseball, literally everything in the book you probably think of. And I just like basketball a lot. Like I saw it on the TV a lot cause, um, my, ba- my dad watched it and I was just kind of intrigued in it watch the playoffs and I just like the intensity of it and how the game ran. So I kind of continued with the basketball and uh-huh. went on a team, um, really just practiced a lot. And yeah, on the off season, I try to stay in uh, shape with track. Um, yeah, I ran, I think like a couple years in middle school just for something for me to do in the off season and just to make some friends. And yeah, I guess I started off as a multi-sported athlete and then kind of just made my way through to like track and basketball. And um, yeah, I think that would be like kind of like a tip right there. Like just kind of start off um, with a lot of sports, see which one's your favorite, then just narrow it down. Um, Whatever ones you feel like you like the most, whatever the ones you like, or um, kind of like you're the best at, you should focus on those, put in the most time and effort in there and yeah, I think they'll have like a higher su- succeeding rate because um, when you're all over the place, it's kind of hard to like focus on one of them. So, yeah. Okay, that sounds great. You also touched upon, you know, the need to play sports and how one can narrow down what they can play and all of that. Uh, as a multi-sport athlete, figuring out, you know, stuff. What about uh, your involvement in high school varsity sports? Uh, are you currently into any of that? Last year, as a freshman, so I'm a sophomore right now, and last year I got hurt. I got injured on my knee, and um, oh, I'm sorry. Nah, it's all good. I mean, it happens in sports, and injuries mm-hmm. are always a part of uh, the game. So, um, I had to get surgery, and right before tryouts, and then I tried the tryout, but it was super tough, and um, I didn't play that year because of my injury. And then also this year, because of COVID, I'm not playing, and I think it's just dangerous to. Uh, like be touching basketballs and like being around so many people. So at this point, I'm just playing recreationally, um, playing pickup games, exercising almost every day and running outside and that sort of thing. And hopefully next year and the rest of the high school, I can play. Oh, okay. Certainly, you know, my best to you on that as far as getting back with it again. What about your involvement uh, with psychology? When did that or how did that begin, Brandon? Yeah. I feel like psychology was always ingrained in me because my mom um, majored in psychology in college and Uh she would kind of teach me psychology concepts and like um, vocabulary words here and there that are super applicable. And I really like, I really like psychology because it's so 
uh, practical and you can kind of apply it to anywhere you want in your life. And there's so many fields in it, like you said, cognitive psychology, social psychology, and um, really anybody with an interest can combine it. Even like someone with business, you can combine that with psychology. Um, and I kind of grew up watching Brain Games and Brain Games was a psychology and sort of neuroscience show. Mm-hmm. And it kind of talked about like experiments and how people act, the human behavior. And I just liked that a lot. I, I think I watched that like a couple times on Netflix and on TV. And I just recently I've been reading a lot of books. Um, for example, Thinking Fast and Slow, Freakonomics, and they're all sort of psychology and human behavior related. And they're all interesting to me. Like they're very straight to the point. They give you examples, concepts, and they just stick with me really easily. And mm-hmm. it's not like um it's not something I don't see it as like work. I just like to read it in my free time. I like to explore in psychology. And I also took AP psychology last year um, during mm-hmm. the summer. And that's how I really kind of got immersed into it more deeply. Um, learned about sports psychology there. And that kind of that AP psychology class kind of was a launch pad for me to create my design sports and really just get myself into the psychology world. And yeah, I've been just expanding on it. Um, I have a psychology club at school where we provide um, psychology knowledge to younger students that may not know about uh, psychology mm-hmm. with guest speakers. And I also work on a research lab um, at a local university about oh, psychology. Okay. Yeah. So I'm just trying to really, I just like psychology a lot and wherever I can get involved in it, um, I just find it useful and enjoyable. And that's just kind of how my psychology background is. Oh, okay. Wonderful. Seems like you're super passionate about it. And uh, the fact that the advanced placement psychology class last year for you in high school, uh, that definitely seems to have laid the foundation for more and more of uh, all your interests to, you know, just uh, uh, become more fruitful. And so why Mind Design Sports? What prompted you to create this organization? Yeah, like I said, um, I've been playing basketball ever since I was super young. And sometimes I'd get tough uh, before a game. Maybe I'd feel like I'd lose confidence or maybe I'd be really nervous. Or even after a game, I just would be really down about myself and don't know how to bounce back. And I thought the solution was always to get in the gym and work harder. So I always did that um, after school, practice for many hours um, Mm -hmm. with my dad, try to get my shooting form better. But sometimes that just wasn't the case. Like I knew I was better than some people. And I kept losing to them maybe in a 1v1. And I just was really frustrated. And it wasn't, um, there wasn't an efficient solution to like fix that. And I didn't know about that until like I knew the mental game. The mental game is so important. And I wish I, that I had that when I was a younger age. So that's why I created Mind Design Sports um, to provide psychology, sports psychology knowledge to younger athletes that were kind of in the same boat or are in the same boat as me right, um, when I was younger, where they just don't know what's going on. They don't know how to fix their lack of confidence. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, that was kind of like my inspiration behind it. And like I said, the sport, uh, the AP psychology class helped me out um, and tried, it just introduced me to sports psychology. And it's not a field that a lot of people know about. And Mm -hmm. that's why another reason why I wanted to just kind of create a team and resources about that. So yeah, my design sports provides blogs and podcasts and social media posts that, all just encompass sports psychology techniques like breathing, visualization, all that good stuff that can help a younger athlete improve their performance and especially their mental game. Okay. So how, according to you, uh, is this mental side crucial for an athlete? And as an organization based on whatever you have seen and experienced, do you think athletes realize the value of the mental side uh, as it relates to their success? I think sports psychology is more to, it's really impactful in the sense that it doesn't want to only help you on the court, but it also helps you become a better person in general. Mm-hmm. For example, if you have, if you learn how to do breathing techniques, which is a sports psychology tactic, you, you don't have to only do that on the court. You can also do it before a big test when you're super, when you're super anxious, um, maybe for a big history test tomorrow, just do breathing. You're going to calm yourself down. You're going to be able to retain some more information and process it. You're going to be able to recall facts and dates that you need for the test. And yeah, there's a lot of techniques that kind of just relate to daily life. Um, Sports psychology teaches you also to be more consistent. So Mm -hmm. maybe that's on the court, like uh, consistently dropping 20 points. And that just becomes better for you. You know that 
when you go out there, you're going to drop that same amount and you're not going to be like, oh, am I going to drop zero points today or 40 points? Like, It's always going to be that consistent amount of gameplay. And a coach loves that. And I think that will really work out for an athlete there. And okay. you also just, it helps you enjoy and be happier. Like staying in the present is a tactic in sports psychology and whatever well, you do in life. Yeah. If in any part of your life, when you just enjoy it, the process and you don't like think about outcomes or extrinsic motivation, you just do it because of the mere pleasure. You're going to do anything better. Like when you really like to do something um, just for it, the outcome's going to be better and you're going to want to do it more because you enjoy it. So yeah, that's the mental side of things. And that's how you kind of frame yourself to think of things like in a positive light that's helpful for yourself. And that's, I think younger athletes are starting to know that a little bit better now. But hopefully with Mind Design Sports, almost all younger athletes start to realize the potential that sports psychology has into their lifestyle. Mm -hmm. I think you uh, hit the nail right on, Brandon, uh, when you said staying in the present. That almost, you know, makes you amplify your performance, right? You know, you, you just do not start to think or your imagination does not start to run wild thinking about, oh, okay, am I already there? Am I winning this match? Or, you know, like, am I just gaining those whatever, you know, 20 points or 40 points or dropping this many points, whatever that may be. Yeah, I think um, you definitely brought up a good point there. So what would you say is kind of the support system you provide for athletes uh, to achieve this optimal performance, say via your mind design sports organization? Yeah. So like I said before, I we provide blogs and podcasts. So mm -hmm. those are two contents that we provide. So the blogs will have um, athletes around the world that are in high school um, write about whatever topic they like. And for example, we write about boosting confidence and performance anxiety, all that good stuff. And with that high school um, perspective, we feel like we can relate to younger athletes more because they've already been through all the common problems that a younger athlete is probably going through at the moment. And they know how to write to them and appeal to the audience easily. And it's more relatable for the re reader to um, implement tips or just really absorb the information at the end of the day. And podcasts is another way we provide content. Um, you know this. Um, podcasts are super digestible. You just listen to them on the go, in your car, wherever you are. And it's just easy way to just um, retain information and just absorb them when maybe when you're working out, even like just in the back, when you're focusing, um, you just get, get to learn more information. And I think that's the best way to do it because I have guest speakers on and they're super knowledgeable in their, um, field. Mm -hmm. So I think that younger athletes listening to them and having this content would be great in the podcast listening form. So we kind of have it in both visual and auditory form. Oh, and then also, excellent. Yeah. And also we are launching a mentorship program soon. And that basically is another support system because we're going to connect high school athletes with um, younger athletes and kind of maybe younger athletes don't have that mentor or coach that they want. Maybe they don't know how to um, shoot better in basketball and they want to, they want someone with experience to ask them like, Oh, do I go like this? Or do I go like that way or left to the right? So we're going to have uh, connect them with, like if a younger basketball athlete wants a coach, they'll kind of just be paired with a high school varsity basketball player. And then mm -hmm. they'll kind of be that mentor and guider for them. And I feel like that's really direct support for them. They kind of just can text them or zoom with them or meet with them online about any questions they have. Maybe it's the mental side of things or how to even eat better. And it's just right there for them. And they're kind of that, it's kind of like that big brother, big sister type of thing. Oh yeah. And yeah. And we also have Ask Mind Design Sports, which is just a page and a program on our Mind Design Sports, like under it. And that basically is where younger athletes or anybody can really just ask questions about sports psychology to us. And then we'll give you a quick answer in like a paragraph form. So a couple of questions that we had were like, how many hours should I be exercising in sports every day? And we just, we post them on our Instagram and then we'll answer them online for you. And whatever problems or questions that younger athletes want to be answered, it's going to be right there for them. So I think those four, the blogs, the podcast, the mentorship program, and that Ask MDS uh, page are our best support systems um, under the whole Mind Design Sports initiative. Based on what you said, Brandon, um, 
how different then are you from a psychology coaching service? And my other question would be, say from the FAQs, you are able to provide like concise answers, like you said, in a paragraph format for people to understand better. Right. And how is it that one can validate the information in the sense, how do you guys even make sure of that you are feeding people the correct information um, as far as, okay, what whatever they are seeking? Madison Sports, again, is the only organization operated by teenagers um, and athletes. So like you said, the writing and the blogs are super uh, concise and mm-hmm. thorough and straight to the point, And they allow younger athletes to take away the most applicable information to help them perform at their best. And all our blog writers, um, they use um, manuscripts and they look up journal articles online for their support. So for example, if they're going to cite an experiment on resilience and how younger athletes can bounce back from a loss, we're going to cite them and we're going to use uh, credible resources that will provide that good support and evidence in their blogs. And besides that, they just kind of use their own personal experience. And personal experience is best because usually if one athlete's going through it, I bet you another one is also going through it. Mm-hmm. And we just try to provide tips and techniques that we think would be uh, really helpful for younger athletes. And it's really up to the younger athletes to take away from that. It's, it's up to them to be motivated to actually breathe, actually mm-hmm. do visualization before game, And we're just providing that foundation and it's up to them to really act on it and try to better themselves. And yeah, we're kind of different because sometimes older um, people with experience in sports don't really understand younger athletes as well as we younger ones do. Um, Most of us are currently experiencing very similar situations um, as opposed to chatting with a sports psychologist that played maybe 20 years ago. Um, I'm not saying that we're better, but I think we provide a good supplement and resource for those younger athletes that are really devoted to increasing their mental capacity for being great on the field or court. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think uh, all that you're doing is great. You know, it's very crucial. And I can appreciate that as a mom of a, a sports athlete myself, a junior uh, tennis player, I have seen it all. And uh, she is going to graduate with a high school diploma very soon. So I know the entire journey. I know everything, how it feels like, including the injury side of it that you right. said, and all the mental health that an athlete can get to uh, peak when they need it in their sport. I think all that is crucial. And mentoring, you brought up a great point there. I think that's a great avenue that you guys are uh, seeking to pursue because it really helps for someone to have been in those shoes and then resonate with, you know, the younger athletes, the student athletes that need that help. And in 100%. fact, um, can't emphasize mentoring uh, any better. Like, uh, in fact, last week, uh, I published an episode on this podcast, Freshly Forever, on mentoring. And that's applicable to anyone, you know, like a student, a career professional you know, like a homemaker, anyone, you know, because it's confidence that people need in several different disciplines and uh, for them to succeed in whatever they want to pursue. And, uh, you know, definitely there are ways and means to approach someone and derive that help from. And that's where mentoring comes in, you know, really handy. And I strongly encourage every listener here to go check that episode out as well and benefit from it. And as far as um, mobilizing the resources to put out the best information that you can, you said the blogs, the podcasts, and all the uh, student athletes or the fellow athletes that contribute to it, right? Where do you source them from? Is that like a global audience or the contributing uh, set of folks how do you identify them? And for anyone that's interested in being part of your journey, what can they do to help you? Yeah, so I have a lot of team members, I think around like 100 to 110, and we all are split up on different teams kind of. So like mm-hmm. you said, we have blogs, podcasts, 
Um, we also have like an outreach, like where we reach out to guest speakers and try to get them on our podcast. We have people that are doing social media and like creating TikToks and infographs on Instagram. Um, we also have assistants that need, uh, like they provide assistance to whatever needs help at the moment, like the mentorship program that we're getting up. And yeah, we just try to divide and conquer and work as a team. And we try to have that team group chat and wherever just to stay connected and stay on top of things. We try to work as a team to provide the best content at the end of the day because our assistants create the podcast questions in the script. And then I'll go on a podcast with a guest speaker. Then we have a podcast editors uh, edit the podcast and create like a description and like a timetable. It's Mm -hmm. all like a process and it's all very streamlined. And yeah, anyone that's interested in sports psychology that wants to join our team, um, everyone is welcome. And there's an application on our website, I think at the FAQs page and just try to fill out the application. And then I'll have either me or my team interview you and see if you're a good fit and see how it is and see which role you'd like. And yeah, we're really welcome. Like anybody that wants to be a part of the mission can be because it's an important one. And the more people that know about it, it's the better. And the more we get the sports psychology word out is better. Yeah. Anybody that wants it, maybe if you're not a high school athlete or that wants to just support the mission as well, you can just Mm -hmm. reshare our posts on Instagram, on social media, like Twitter, you can even write guest blog posts about sports psychology. I've had uh, a lot of people write guest blog posts talking about their own experiences and um, how that affects their mentality. You can even spread the word about the organization to like your parents, your relatives, co- cousins, really anybody. Yeah, any ideas or uh, programs or questions are always welcome. And hopefully we can provide that best assistance for you guys. Okay. As far as, say, we are talking about what kind of uh, issues you help address uh, for the teen athletes, right? So what kind of an impact you and your fellow team members have had uh, in the life of student athletes? Would you say helping them realize that, okay, memory is crucial to their performance or is it uh, okay, you train more, or is it the trusting part coupled with the training? Or um, how do you kind of emphasize all this mental toughness? And so how is it that, say, if you were to nail down issues that athletes face most commonly, and then the maximum support is, okay, this is our focus area, what would you say to that? Everyone's different. And everyone's going to have their own problems. Maybe one athlete is very confident or maybe mm-hmm. another one's very shy. So it depends. But we try to provide content that usually most athletes will go through no matter what sport or no matter what age or no matter really anything. So mm-hmm. some, for example, lack of confidence is something that a lot of people go through. Um, I have a lot of buddies that just before a game, they just start to get really nervous and they don't feel confident like they were in practice the other day. And I really experienced that as well. And it's really something that people should know about and how to like attack this problem just so that they can get over that slump. Maybe if they're um, losing confidence during a game, like they don't want to shoot their shot, a three-pointer. By learning how to like methodically, like step one, step two, go about this, I feel like it could be really helpful for anyone on the field. And another one would be performance anxiety. So that's like before, uh, during a game, uh, it's kind of connected to lack of confidence. You just don't really want to do anything. You want to make a mistake because you're going to be, you're scared that maybe your coach will pull you out or your parents Mm -hmm. are going to scream at you like, Oh, why'd you make that mistake? I told you not to do that. We practiced this so many times. How are you making that mistake? And that kind of just leads you to not being passive and you don't like, you're not outgoing on the field and you're not willing to make risky plays that may work and may benefit your team. And you're kind of just that person that's on the side and not really doing that much, doing too much for the team. So that's another common problem that sports psychology tries to address and staying in the zone. Like we said, like being focused and just worrying about the present, um, not worrying about the fans that are booing you mm-hmm. or rooting for you, not worrying about the homework you need to do at that's due at 8 PM tonight. Just, Worrying about what you're playing, what sport you're playing, and enjoying that you're on a team and you get to play in the first place, that'll just allow you to be in the present and get in the zone and just block out all that extra stuff that you don't need at the moment. Um, that's kind of something that sports psychology tries to teach you. And it's okay. really it's a popular one. And I think the last one would be just managing time. 
as a mm-hmm. student and an athlete. Like every athlete knows that you have to get a practice and you practice for two to three hours every day. That's a big time commitment. And you mm-hmm. need to know as a student to how to balance both and effectively balance them. Um, you don't want to have like 10 hours of practicing and barely getting your homework done and then not doing well in the classroom. In the classroom, you really like learn a lot of tips and insights that will help you on the field. And by doing both really well, you can really better yourself in both ways. Okay. You talked about, say, someone worrying about what their coach would say and things like that, right? So via your podcast, um, if you can talk about that, uh, what are some helpful tips for athletes that you are able to provide to improve their performance, like, or via your FAQ sections or whatever it is, can someone open up and share, okay, hey, this is what I'm experiencing. And how can you help me with that? Have you had instances of people even being that open and honest and taking help from you guys? Or do you think that's probably something that made you realize the need for this mentoring type of approach. So are you asking me, like, do you want me to give an example of like how to combat a certain problem? It could be anything, you know, like, I guess I'm just trying to address a real um, life scenario where, you know, has anyone, you know, since you have been involved in providing support um, to athletes, has anyone approached you saying, hey, my coach tends to scream at me and that's why oh, okay, he makes it. me nervous. And, you know, like I'm, I'm all good in practice. I'm just all confident when I walk in, I do my pre-game rituals or routines and stuff like that. What are the avenues via which you address these type of stuff and what specifically are your guests able to offer via the podcast? Yeah. When we have younger athletes submit their questions, we'll try to add those questions into the podcast and ask our guest speakers that have so much experience and wisdom and knowledge to address the same thing, the same questions. And that's why we have the timetables where we'll say like from 25 minutes to 26 minutes, our guest speaker addresses like a common problem. Like a big common problem is like trash talking. When people start to trash talk, Uh um, how do you, how do you just get that out of the way? And yeah, I think what I've learned from that and a lot of guest speakers and I think we even have a blog on it as well. It's just to kind of embrace the trash talking. When you know that trash talking, someone's trash talking you, you know that you're better because if they're trash talking you, they want to do that because they want to get into your head because maybe they're not good enough um, skill, skill wise. So um, even for me, like when someone trash talks, I just try to embrace it. And it's kind of funny to me that people have to trash talk to try to get an edge on you. And when you really understand that and you really believe that yourself, um, trash talking doesn't really get into your head anymore. It just kind of blocks out and uh-huh. you focus and you, you're motivated to do better because you want to prove, you want to tell that person, like, stop trash talking. I'm better than you. Um, just be quiet, you know? And I think that's a big, like a lot of athletes probably went through that or go through that. Um, maybe they're having to even have a trash talking teammate and it, the same principles apply, whether it's opponent or a teammate or a coach or a parent that tries to trash talk you. So that, that's well said, and that's a smart move too in terms of um, addressing it via the podcast and, you know, making a list of all those questions to address with like, um, you know, eminent guest speakers. What about um, the aspect of um, you also talked about balancing school and sports? And so right there, I think the importance of rest for a student athlete comes in, right? So how would you think, how do you think students can balance that? And how significant is that? That's one question. And as a follow-up to um, whatever um, you said earlier in terms of all the trash talking and everything. So how confident can someone feel in terms of opening up to you guys? You know, would that be again... Like, uh, would an email communication be better for them to feel confident that, hey, I just don't want to go and put it out in the open, but uh, say on Instagram, but would you encourage them to still feel good about themselves and ask very honest questions via email or what is the best 
mode for anyone to do that. Yeah. Um, we don't force anybody to be like, oh, what is your name? And we also have a form on our website, the Ask MDS page, where we um, give those concise answers as an anonymous. Like, do you want your name to be published online? Mm-hmm. And yeah, when we, I, we understand that like being anonymous will lead to more athletes opening up and asking those questions that might be uncomfortable. Um, maybe they're uh, uncomfortable asking like, oh, I'm feeling like super anxious before a game. But with that anonymous tag, um, yeah, we understand that a lot of people go through it, but maybe not have the courage to ask it. And we have, we also have like a Q and a feature on our Instagram. And I think that also allows people to anonymously ask questions. And we also have our email. And if you want to send us an email, um, go for it and we'll try to address it. And yeah, we don't force anybody to give their name. Like I said, Oh, that's wonderful. Back in a moment with our guest on Fresh Leaf Forever. So just to uh, retrace a little bit, what about the role of uh, rest in a student-athlete's performance? Right. I think rest comes in forms of both physical and mental. Um, Maybe after physically exercising, like getting in the weight room and lifting a lot, you want to rest by icing or heating or even doing yoga Mm -hmm. and doing yoga. I think that's really good because you get to stretch and you get to even at the same time, calm your mind and calm your body, calm your central nervous system. And you get to breathe and slowly breathe and concentrate on what is present in the moment, um, relaxing. And there's so many other ways of physically uh, resting. Like I said, stretching, even sleeping, taking naps during the day, um, getting nutrition and like eating, eating nuts or eating high protein meals that will regenerate your energy for the next practice or game. And then some other mental resting techniques would be journaling. Journaling is a good way to just process all the events you went through today and get them on paper and get them out of your head so that you're ready for the next day and you're going to be focused. And you don't want to have maybe a big stressful Maybe if you had a stressful event today, you get it on paper, it's most likely going to be out of your head and you can focus the next day and just be ready. And you can even take a walk outside to just mentally de-stress. You can listen to music. That's a big favorite of mine. I love to listen to music and just um, sing along. And it kind of just naturally de-stresses for me. And I don't know, something therapeutic about it that I don't, can't mm-hmm. really explain. So kind of those are all the relaxation techniques sort of, you know, so that's where, you know, you can, in fact, incorporate your rest. We are even doing all these things. And then that gives you more energy probably to do your schoolwork. And I think you pointed out, you know, eating right. And it's not just the protein uh, alone. I think, you know, for an athlete to refuel, the carbohydrates are so important too. And, um, I really, you know, would uh, encourage you to focus more on uh, people who have sports nutrition background as well uh, via your podcast, because I'm sure more and more athletes can benefit from that as well. Because some people, you know, they just go, they want to play and have fun. But at the same time, they do not seem to realize how much nutrition and how they fuel them before and after you know, how that impacts their performance. And what about coping with failure and injury issues and having gone through injury yourself? What is it yeah. that you would like to say to young athletes? I think everyone's going to go through failure and injuries. So just be ready for it. Don't be surprised when you get injured. You'll be like, oh, why is it me? Well, everyone's probably already went through it. So you're just next up online and you should be ready to have, you should have like a methodical um, steps on how to counter this and kind of speed up the healing process or uh, bounce back from that failure. So in other words, just know that failure is a step of the way and you should be proud of failure because it gives you a chance to grow and to learn from your mistakes and to build yourself into a better character. And we also have a blog about coping and injury. And I'll just kind of read some, some steps that I think would be helpful. Um, The first step would be just reflecting and breathing. It's always okay to take some time to yourself and reflect on the setback through constructive criticism. Then really just accepting this uh, setback, take some time to recognize your mistakes and understand that perfection should not be a reality. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Um, in some cases, striving for perfection can actually negatively affect your performance and put too much pressure on yourself. And you can let your feelings out as well. Talk to someone who you know will be supportive, a coach, a teammate, a parent. Um, if you're uncomfortable reaching out to someone, like I said, journal. The paper is almost just another person and you can just let out all your thoughts um, honestly without having to fear like, oh, someone's going to read it, you know, and just being compassionate of yourself and understanding that you're going to heal, you're going to bounce back. So just be patient. Um, while the physical elements of sports might seem important, the men- mental aspects are always be discussed and improved upon. Mm-hmm. And then with all these steps and just um, trusting the process, I think you should be good to go and you just move on. And while during this failure or injury, it might be super hard, just recognize that everyone bounces back eventually and you're going to become stronger on the other side. Mm-hmm. Yeah, take uh, one's time needed to heal, but do the right things necessary for the healing, right? To speed yep. up or hasten the healing process. Again, in terms of eating right and uh, doing all the rehab work that is needed. Again, only as time allows you to progress, right? Based on what the doctor says, what the therapist says. So work with the designated professionals in that space and take it forward that way. And you really also brought about, you know, in terms of the rest and relaxation, when we were talking about, you said stretching and yoga and all of that. And some athletes do not seem to realize they just want to go in, play their sport, come out, you know, like they are oblivious to um, what they eat and they don't focus on the pre and post game routine, so to speak, right? Like the stretching and all of that needed to, you know, just take care of their body before and after. So to be prepared to play and then post-playing, you know, to recover from it. And I'm not blaming anyone. It's just that it's sheer ignorance that causes them to do all this. And that itself is doing all the right things itself is one step closer to staying away from being injured as well. And I think right there, all your blogs and all of that come in handy. And that's good effort there, Brandon. And what about individual sports versus team sports? Do you see a difference in what athletes go through as far as their mental state? Because they have a team member to rely on versus, say, let's take basketball versus tennis or soccer versus tennis. Um, Yeah, tennis is like, you know, you're out there by yourself. Whereas, you know, say basketball or soccer, you know, there's a whole team to uh, go around with you. Yeah, I think you said it really well, and I'll just kind of expand on it. Like, basically, the main difference that I see between individual and team sports is the social support. Um, mm-hmm. With a team, you have a group of guys that you've been through a whole season with, and you kind of build that bond and connection with. You trust them. Uh, you know that they're going to be on your side when you get on the court and play another team. But when you're on the tennis field, you're just by yourself. And there's kind of more responsibility to play to your potential. And there's not someone that you can talk to or trust or pass the ball to. It's all on you. And I feel like with individual sports, you kind of build more leadership, um, just a little bit more than team sports, because you're by yourself. You need to navigate uh, your mentality and what's your next step instead of maybe a teammate. Um, and yeah, with the team, I think it's still great because you, you learn how to communicate. Mm-hmm. Um, people around you push you. And you're judging compared to other people around you, which can add pressure and competitiveness. But if you're around like really competitive athletes that constantly push you, you're going to be better. And you're going to be um, always pushing yourself to be on that same level as your teammates are and the opponents around you. Uh-huh. And I do feel like individual sports are a bit less popular as well because basketball, baseball, football, and soccer are all team sports. And those are usually the big four sports that everyone talks about. Um, But there are similarities, like I said, like um, both team sports and individual sports get through injuries, setbacks, um, confidence. All those concepts all play into both types of sports. And then, you know, say memory exercises and then all this mental toughness aspects that we talked about, all those can come in handy in terms of either one, right? Like we talked about 
say you nicely pointed out uh, one can foster their leadership qualities because they kind of go through everything in an individual sport and learn to problem solve themselves whereas in a team you know you kind of learn to coexist and do things together so each one is unique in its own way and it teaches you but there is like some overlaps to and in terms of some of the issues they face and say in a team sport you know maybe there's more pressure from the coach and um you know i'm not saying every coach is like uh, there are some phenomenal coaches that have had you know excellent success rate and most coaches you know that are good at it know to navigate or run their ship well right uh, but i think you know the mental toughness side of it and all those aspects like you said really seem to uh be impactful either way either way right in uh, whichever uh, form of sport one plays and what about your support for mental health of athletes uh via donations and things like that i know you have some effort going on in your website why don't yeah. you talk about that brandon and how do you plan to take this effort forward cool Mindsan Sports is fully committed to the mind and body connection like I said and that sports psychology focus. So um we raise funds for one of our partners and they're called the Concussion Legacy Foundation CLF mm-hmm. and they're an award-winning 501c3 organization dedicated to supporting athletes um affected by concussions and CTE. And CTE is basically stand for chronic traumatic and self and self-pathy and that's when um athletes have brain injuries and they start to the brain cells to start to degenerate mm-hmm. and we understand how important the mental uh, side of the game is and we want to help athletes with proceeds that use it that need it the most and our partnership with CLF allows them to reach a greater network of individuals struggling with concussions post concussion sh- syndrome or even suspected CTE and we raise those funds through two ways um your donations everyone's donations that are kind enough to donate whatever amount um to these athletes and also we have a tutoring program mm-hmm. and what that basically is is where we have a couple tutors on our team and we just charge at a very non a uh, very low rate for younger athletes that may want tutoring in any subject or sports training or really anything and it starts as low as $10 per hour and all those funds go to CLF and we just really think that if we can raise a lot of funds for those athletes that need the most we're doing something great and yeah that's phenomenal what about uh do you offer coaching only for athletes or could uh via the tutoring program say let's assume a parent having a child wants to donate but then they want to donate via the tutoring program they still want to take advantage of their child uh you know being tutored in a certain area by some of the expert team members that you have and all of you guys are doing this as an organization as a voluntary service right which is great and as teenagers for you guys to be doing this is phenomenal like i said so for some parent willing to make it a win-win situation could they be non-athletes seeking these kind of tutoring services also yeah they can and a lot of our tutors they we just specialize like a lot of them specialize maybe in math and we have international tutors too so maybe if there's someone in Russia that wants to learn how to speak english all of our team members know how to speak english so it's really anything that uh, a younger student needs help with a younger athlete needs help with maybe it's physics uh history chemistry really anything and yeah and do your donations come from all over the world also yeah we ha- We just got the tutoring program up and we've only had a couple tutoring sessions with some and we're still trying to spread the word about it but yeah we have tutors from around the world and they have their own tutors so yeah donations do come from different countries and different states Okay and if there's three things you want to emphasize via this uh, show Brandon what would those be and how do you think all that you have done how has it shaped your life Yeah cool I have three tips and advice that I'll say right now. First one would be starting sports psychology now if you haven't already or if you have trying a new sports psychology technique or skill. And why I say this is because 
when you start at a young age, um, sports psychology and learning about it, you build consistency and habits. Uh, maybe before a game, you know to do X, Y, and Z, and then uh-huh. that'll keep you focused and in the state to really play at your optimal level during the game. Um, a quote that kind of connects to that is uh, by Lynn Jennings. And he said, mental will is a muscle that needs exercise, just like muscles of the body. So just like everyone goes in the weight room and constantly tries to get muscle on, you need to do the same for your mental game uh, to get those same results on both sides. Um, another thing would be take control of your attitude and mm-hmm. that will take control of your life. And this means that while we can't control what happens to us in our life, we can control our reactions to what happened and live a positive life regardless. Um, negative things happen to everyone in sports or in life, but we don't have to let it get us down or stop us from our goals. Uh, for example, a couple of summer, a couple of summers ago, I was playing basketball, fell down and dislocated my knee and I had to stop playing for months and get knee surgery. And I was upset at first and it was so hard not to be able to move, but I was able to use my time sitting on the couch to interact with my family more. Uh, research uh, sports psychology and looked at it as a time for me to just get healthy and strong both mentally and physically and yeah the third tip would be just when you have an idea take charge and do it for example I had this idea about mind design sports and I tried to just act on it really quickly and not put it aside oh like let's do it in three months Mm -hmm. because you don't know what's going to happen in three months and when you get it off the ground you're, you're likely to finish it and you're likely to move on with it. And I feel like a lot of people can agree with that. Like if you procrastinate on homework, you're probably going to do it. You're, you're really not going to want to do it. You're not going to want to do a good job. But when you start on it and you spread it out and you set a goal, um, the success rate will be a lot higher. And that because can really apply to anything. To it. You tend to go back to it no matter yeah. what, right? And, and exactly. it's interesting you point out, and I can clearly relate to the psychology side of uh, you know, the influence rather that that is uh, showing in what you say, because one of my other guests on the show, you know, she talked about this very nicely uh, when it comes to student success. And yeah, uh, go ahead with your thought, finish your thought. Yeah, I think those are my three favorite tips that I like. And they kind of just build my character because I kind of embody them and I try to keep them in my mind always. When something gets tough, I try to... um remember to use a sports psychology technique or whenever I have an idea and I'm kind of really busy, but I really think it's a good idea. I just try to do something, maybe put the idea um, on a note in front of my like bedroom dresser. So just so in the morning, I know to get on it, to mm-hmm. do it. And um, yeah. Oh, wonderful. And there's also a saying, right? When the going gets tough, the tough get going, you know? So it's exactly it's almost like you I love that. rise up to the occasion and embrace it. And then things become sort of, you know, your whole attitude and your perception changes on what you need to do, how you need to act. Yeah. And, and uh, that's very well put, Brandon. And what about your future aspirations? And what about some of the challenges and interesting moments that you have had in your life? Yeah, I got a lot of goals and aspirations. Um, for example, I like to collab and partner with um, really a big time like athlete, maybe have them on a podcast, like a big NBA player, because I'm a big NBA fan. And I think mm-hmm. it would be super cool to just talk to someone that has grinded for all their life to get to the uh, most competitive league of basketball and mm-hmm. see how their thoughts and their mentality has shaped them and just have a great conversation with an NBA player. I think that would be super cool. and. Um, yeah, I think I've had a bunch of challenges um, from the beginning of Minds and Sports, like managing a team, getting everyone on task. Um, everyone's so busy, like especially at the high school level, like it's, it's not a full-time job. And I just have to understand that mm-hmm. um, people are volunteering and I just try to use that, use them and create a good team, um, work together to do something that the world really needs, which is sports psychology knowledge. and. Yeah, I think this Mind Design Sports journey, it's a journey, really. And I've been, I launched it in September of 2020, and it's been, I think, seven months now, eight months. And I've learned so much from my guest speakers, from talking to people like you, joining podcasts, oh. writing blogs. And yeah, every step is an interesting moment and it's a learning experience. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. And uh, kudos to you for doing whatever you do. And I know, Brandon, your reach is like, 
across the world in terms of all the people that you have contributing and all of that as well. So why don't you just give listeners an idea so no one needs to feel inhibited and everyone can feel comfortable that, oh, there is like maybe a person from my own country contributing and I can be a contributor too, or I can derive knowledge from whatever someone has imported there or via this mind design sports. So why don't you tell the audience about the reach that you have created so far in terms of your contributing team and also whatever people you have reached out to uh, via your podcast or any other forum? Cool. Um, first of all, we have guest speakers from a lot of different countries. We've had a South African uh, author in sports psychology. She was a chess player we just had recently on. We've Thank had you. Kenyan, a Kenyan uh, basketball player. We've had people from all across the U.S. and just a bunch of different other countries. And with guest speakers, too, I think they provide a different perspective if they're from a different country and their environment is different and the people uh-huh. they surround themselves with are different. And the traffic we reach is really a lot. and. I think we have like about 95 countries reached now in traffic. Um, We've also had about, I think almost 50 states now for traffic in the U.S. I think like 48 to 49. Uh And our team is really global as well. We try to have, I think we have, I honestly don't remember, but I think maybe like 30 countries Uh and um, 30 states around. So everyone on our team gives a different perspective. And they bring their own experiences into play and try to put that onto the Madison sports as a whole. And whatever work they do, they take it from uh, their experiences and mentality as a collective. And we try to provide those diverse uh, knowledges and not have like that locational barrier in play. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So when you said that, that's actually fantastic, you know, the reach and all of that and the contributing team. So how do you guys connect? How often do you guys meet and how do you, make it all work, you know, as a cohesive unit. Yeah. So we have a group chat with all of our team members and it's through an app called Slack. And then with Slack, it's great because it's like, it's made for a team, like an organization. And we can basically have like sub teams. So maybe like one team will be about blogs and then I'll have all the blog writers in there and the blog editors. And then me and the blog editors will kind of just like moderate that and see if anybody has questions and stay Mm -hmm. connected. And then, we just have a general chat as well with all 110, 100 members where people can provide their ideas, advice, concerns. And we also just try to meet on a regular basis where like maybe the lead blog writers or the lead assistants, I'll try to meet with them and see how everything's going on Zoom for maybe 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we just try to always try to stay connected as a team because at the end of the day, it's really a collective initiative. Oh, absolutely. Well said. And what about your plans to take this forward? Do you think you want to make this a company? How do you want to, where do you see yourself in the next couple of years or next five years? And you are a sophomore, so a 10th grade student in high school, and you have your own college journey to pursue and uh, potentially your own basketball, you know, once you are, um, I think you seem already ready to play, but it's just COVID, you know, and all the, yeah. uh, you know, the time uh, constraints right now, but then you are able to start with all of that. But once you go full swing into all of that, how do you think you want to take this journey with Mind Design Sports forward, Brandon? Yeah, I just really want to get the impact to be global, like really on a scale where like every younger athlete knows what Mind Design Sports is. Mm-hmm. If you were to go to a classroom, uh, maybe a third grade classroom and ask, what is Nike or what is Under Armour? I bet you like 90% of them would be like, oh yeah, that's just a company, of sp- like a sporting clothing brand. Mm-hmm. And I want that same like reach where like every younger athlete knows what Mind Design Sports is. And they kind of have like it bookmarked in their phone where they kind of like periodically see the blogs and read them for themselves because um again like sports psychology is so important and we just try to spread that message Mm -hmm. so i think my main goal is just trying to increase the traffic and impact of it we've already gone so far so i think we can really expand on that more and um yeah i don't know if i want to turn it into a company yet honestly i don't really think about that because like you said i'm pretty young and i'm still a sophomore Mm -hmm. and i just try to 
really just do every day, like day in and day out, just focus on the present and try to do what I can today and see where it takes me, uh, hopefully somewhere great. Oh, I'm sure you'll scale great heights, Brandon, you know, for the vision that you have and for the maturity that you demonstrate. And like you very, very aptly said, staying in the moment. And I think that's crucial. And I hear your message loud and clear. You want Mind Design Sports to be the go-to resource for (laughs) any young athlete, right? You know, try to uh, just make sure that, hey, you know, like I don't have to struggle. You know, I can use this as my resource. And I think something last but not the least, I want to focus on this one aspect because being a sport parent myself, and then like I said, having gone through all of this journey and knowing about it all fully, um, okay, every day is a learning journey. So maybe I don't know it fully, but I know a good bit about it. What is the role of parents, you think, in shaping the life of a young athlete, especially, you know, like the mental side of it, how crucial is it for parents to play the right part, if you will? Yeah, I think parents have super important role. Like you said, they kind of are the person that brings you to practice and kind of connect you to the teams that you're on, the coaches you connect with, the teammates you play with. And they're, I think, if anything, the parents are the people that have to instill to these young athletes that the mentality is important. They're not going to believe some random 10th grade high schooler like, oh, sports psychology is important. But when their parent understands that and they tell them like, oh, you got to go work on your mental skills, they're going to want to do it more. And they're going to, they trust their parents more. And also on the court, like their parents are there to watch. And they're also there to like help your, help the son or daughter. And I think parents have to, understand how to give criticism constructively and not in a negative way, like highlighting both what you did right and what mm-hmm. you did wrong. And um, s- not like saying like, Oh, you did this, this, this wrong. And you did like really little, right. Like having and finding that good balance um, provides young athletes to be encouraged to play more and to want to improve and to just enjoy the sport. So yeah, definitely parenting is super important. And I don't think a lot of parents really know about like, you know, positively criticizing and trying to give their support um, to young athletes. They kind of expect the most and the best at such a young age, but that's kind of unrealistic. Mm -hmm. So not focus on the achievement culture, but again, you know, help them achieve by kind of providing them the right balance, right? Yeah. Also initially very well, you know, like you covered it very well by saying, Parents are the biggest support. They take you to practice. You know, they are around you all the time. They can help you point to resources like Mind Design Sports and all of that, even if the child doesn't know. And uh, they can provide them so many other avenues. But like you said, it's also important to, you know, kind of learn to constructively provide feedback and, you know, just to bring the best out of any young athlete. Such a fascinating conversation, Brandon, and I appreciate you. your time. And uh, I'm just amazed at your poise and uh, composure. And we wish you the very best on behalf of all the listening uh, population of this podcast, you know, which is thriving in so many different countries. You know, the, this podcast is uh, in uh, at least 60 countries and in like over 800 cities worldwide. And I think on behalf of my listener community, I would definitely like to wish you the very best because you have embarked on a mission that is just super critical in the life of a young athlete. And I'm sure any athlete and parent or parents alike and coaches can appreciate whatever you're doing totally. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you so much. I thought this was a great conversation, a super fun to talk. And I, I loved your questions um, and coming up with uh, answers. I think it really made me deep uh, think deeply about them. And hopefully the audience takes away something from this. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. I think, uh, you know, uh, as a teenager, again, doing it impromptu in a podcast and you giving us so much insights. And I think that is much to to be, you know, there's so much to be appreciated there. And uh, as always, I would like to thank my listeners for sending in the feedback and please keep con- keep doing that and uh, follow the podcast 
at Freshleaf Forever on Instagram, at Freshleaf Forever One on Twitter, and subscribe to the podcast for free and uh, keep enjoying it. I'll see you back again next week. And uh, until then, it's Vai saying so long. Mm-hmm.